The average age that someone first sees pornography is 11 years old, and that's just the average, so it often can be much earlier than this. And that's why I feel like it's so important to have a podcast episode all about how to talk with our kids about pornography in ways that will actually help them. And I don't feel qualified to talk about this on my own, which is why I'm so excited that I have Alex and Marcy Calder as guests to come talk about this topic that can be really tricky about how to talk with our kids about pornography. Alex is finishing his PhD in counseling psychology, and Marcy is a school psychologist. And together, they host a podcast called Chat With Your Kids, all about talking with your kids about tricky subjects, which is why I'm so grateful that they would come to share their wisdom and insights on how to talk with our kids about pornography when it's such a prevalent thing. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. Welcome. I'm so grateful that you would come and be a guest on my podcast today. So will you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and Alex? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm Marcy and Alex will be joining us soon. He is putting little babies to bed right now, but he's so excited to come and join us for this conversation. So we host a podcast called Chat With Your Kids Podcast, and it's really just about having important, but maybe sometimes difficult conversations with kids and a little bit about our backgrounds. I'm a school psychologist and Alex is just wrapping up his PhD in counseling psychology. So we have a lot of like <laughs> psychology conversations in our home. And especially once we started having kids, between like clients and doing family therapy and seeing these big difficult topics come up with the families and individuals that we were working with, we just felt like, wow, this is scary. And we really want to get it right with our kids. And we also, we were just talking about it so much that we're like, I don't think we're the only ones with these questions. <laughs> and so it's kind of a passion of ours and we love having these conversations with other parents. And that's, yeah, that's a little bit about who we are. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. I think this topic of pornography and talking with our kids about pornography is something that I would like to not be afraid of, but I think I am kind of scared yeah. if I'm really honest with myself. So I'm really grateful that you would come and teach me and teach my Mindful with Media community more about how we can do this. Um, so I kind of just want to start out with that big question of how can parents talk with their kids about pornography in a way that will actually be helpful? Yeah, I love this question. And I, I think if you're listening today, I think it's just awesome that you are thinking about this and wondering because this is, whether we like it or not, any kid who not even has access to media because any kid who's has access to other kids who have access to media is likely going to encounter pornography. And so as parents, it's so important that we are thinking about how we can intentionally prepare them and talk to them to, about addressing this. I think 
I even want to believe like my kid would be the exception or like not my family, right? But that's just not the case. <laughs> and so I think that's a great question. And it actually works so well framing it in what we call kind of like the chat with your kids model, which is connect, listen, chat. And there's kind of three parts to this model. And I'll briefly kind of mention them and then we can dig in on like how this would really apply to pornography. But connect really is like that first part is that having these difficult conversations with our kids has to happen in the context of like a trusting relationship because no matter what age your kid, especially if they are in their teens or like just that prepubescent age, they're going to feel uncomfortable or maybe embarrassed. There may be feelings of shame related to this conversation. And so having a relationship is so important. And then the second part is listen. And really, it's so important that we're letting our kids guide these conversations. We are letting their questions kind of dictate where things go. We're asking them their opinions. And we're letting them do a lot of the talking because that is like when when you're talking and creating something yourself, <laughs> that is where true learning takes place. So we want to think of good questions and really involve them. We don't want to just sit them down and lecture them. And then the last uh, part is chat. And I think this is so important with like, uh, especially the topic of pornography, is that it's not one like the talk conversation, right? That's kind of outdated. Like, I think that's kind of what a lot of us got with these big topics, if we got something at all. But just like technology advances, so does parenting technology. <laughs> and now we know it's like better and healthier for kids that we sprinkle it like a little here, a little there in like small little bits at a time. And it can be formal, informal, you know, a lot of times like a more casual conversation. And so with pornography, this conversation can be, you know, it's not too late if your kids are teens, like it's never too late to start these conversations. But if you have kids in diapers, you can actually start these conversations just at an age appropriate, developmentally appropriate level, just kind of meeting them where they're at. And just like one little principle at a time. That's really powerful. I think especially because I am the mom that my kids are still in diapers. And so I think it's it's easy for me to hear oh, about pornography and think, okay, how am I going to prepare to talk to my kids about that when they're 12? But it's like, no, I can actually start this right now when my oldest is two. Like mm -hmm. the time is now. So I really, I love that for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to kind of dive deeper into each of these parts of the chat with your kids model. So can you remind me again what those three parts were? Yeah, for sure. It's connect, listen, and chat. Okay. Connect, listen, and chat. And something that really stood out to me as you were talking about the connect piece and about there can be shame around this topic of pornography. That's something that I... I guess kind of, yeah, just kind of sharing my experience of growing up and always hearing about like pornography is bad, pornography is bad. That was very, very, very clear to me. But mm -hmm. what I didn't understand was when I started meeting people and getting close to people who were struggling with pornography, it was like, wait, these are good people yeah. and pornography is bad. And it kind of rocked my world. Like something's missing here. I kind of felt like there was something missing between the good people struggling with pornography. And I think it's because there was so much shame that they didn't know where to go for help 
Mm-hmm. And it was actually just exacerbating the problem because of the shame around it. So I think that really stood out to me about the power of connecting to help with that shame. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I love that you kind of highlighted that because it is a topic that can come with a lot of shame. And I think especially, I think well-intentioned parents, right, are like scared, right? And so you want to say like, that's bad, stay away from it. Because we know like there's a lot of research, like pornography is bad for children. Like it is not developmentally appropriate for children to have access to pornography and it's it's unhealthy, right? But (laughs) if that's all we say is like, that's bad, that's bad. And we kind of use like scare tactics. And that sometimes just comes from our own fear as parents, right? Then yeah, just like you're saying, I was totally in the same boat, right? I connected like it's bad. And if you are part of this, you're bad when actually so many kids are exposed to it. And so that's really hard for a kid who maybe is exposed to it and they have all these questions and there's feelings and maybe they were really cute curious and it was interesting. And they're like, I cannot tell my parents, right? Like, I think it's such a topic that is kept secret because there is the language that we've used around it historically has been pretty shame-based. Um, and it is really interesting. Also, Alex is joining us, everyone. Welcome, Alex. Alex. (laughs) Thank you. But I, and I think it's also important to remember that different adults have different values around pornography. So some families have the value that, you know, it's just something that you should never consume or never have a part of your life. And other families may say there, there will be a time and a place where this is appropriate to have a part of your life. And so I think it's okay to acknowledge that every family has different values around it. But one value that should be held pretty common is that it's not developmentally appropriate for children and it can be very harmful for children. So what would you say to do instead? So like, how do you connect or maybe it's a different part of the model so that there isn't so much shame around this topic so that you can actually chat with your kids about it? Mm -hmm. I think that actually that does move really well into the listen part. And I think some of it is just like kind of validating the feelings that kids may have, like curiosity, right? So as you're having these conversations earlier on and that might be just like acknowledging or validating that there may be a level of curiosity. And even just, you know, as kids get older, you can take away the shame and like things like arousal, right? That's normal. That's part of your body. You can use some science, right? So taking away the shame around it, but just using like very informative language about like, if somebody showed you this, you may be curious, you may be interested in it. And that doesn't make you a bad person, but you can talk about kind of like, we shouldn't look at pictures of people's private parts. And you can kind of go back to some of those earlier foundational lessons about like body safety, about keeping private parts private, that we shouldn't look at other people's private parts. We shouldn't let other people look at our private parts. Like some of those earlier lessons of consent, right? That we shouldn't look at somebody's body parts that doesn't want us to like that kind of stuff yeah to put like a technical term to this that it's called decisional balancing so it's something that's used in actually like something called motivational interviewing which is a it's a therapeutic intervention which is specifically used for like substance use actually in a lot of cases but it can be used for a lot of different things and the idea is helping people develop their own sense of like the pros and cons of something and so this is like an age-appropriate way to help 
a child start to connect their like way out things in their mind in the way that they're able to based on the values that you want to instill in your child. I think that's so powerful. And I love that. Like it kind of teaches the why behind all of it, right? Like why is pornography bad, you know, for these reasons. And like you said, like being aroused and having arousal is like a normal, natural thing and actually a really healthy thing. Like you are designed to be a sexual being. Like we are sexual people and that's that's a good thing. And this is how to manage those sexual feelings and manage that arousal, I guess, like in appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can maybe get into this a little more of each age, what it will look like at each age. But I think it's really important and I think it's really helpful for kids to help them. You really need to like scaffold and hold their hand and like kind of let them know. So like, yeah, first normalize it, right? Like it's likely that they will happen. We have some statistics that like 94% of children have seen some form of pornography by age 14. And the average first exposure to pornography is between ages eight and 11. Alex told me tonight, like, yeah, for, well, I mean, I was at a friend's house when I was like seven, he was actually younger than me too, which is kind of wild, but he had printed off some pictures of women and he was just casually, we were at his house, just like playing games or whatever. And he's like, Hey, check this out. And it was like totally unexpected and caught me off guard. And I'd never seen anything like that before. So and you were seven when that seven. happened? Yeah. Wow. But like, yeah. It, and the kid does. And that's before the day and age of the smartphone, right? That was yeah. right. Yeah. printed <laughs> off. Like, no, it was printed <laughs> off with like, <laughs> printed with like ink cartridges from a printer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we oh imagine now that kids have access to tablets <laughs> at such a young age. And so, really, like, spelling it out, like, letting them know, kind of like, this might happen in a situation. Like, maybe you're at school and some kids say, Hey, look at this. And they show you their phone and, you know, it might have picture of people and they don't have their clothes on. And you can even just normalize. Like you might say, like, you might have some responses or feelings. You might be uh, scared. You might be curious. You might be, you know, you might have whatever feeling, right. And then you might even use that to like, ask that question to listen, say, what do you think you would feel? Or maybe even say, has this happened to you? (laughs) Or you know what I mean? So like, listen, right, but kind of spell it out, then talk about situations. And then really, like you were saying, a game plan of like, you're not going to get in trouble. Like, that's when we're talking about this. I want to hear about it. Because that sounds like a big situation for a kid to handle. Maybe even if you are somebody like Alex, you could say when I was seven, something like that happened to me. And I felt confused. (laughs) And I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know if I should tell. It felt kind of yucky and I didn't want to get in trouble for my parents. So you can kind of spell it out and then make a game plan. So if that does happen, you know, you can say, no, thanks. I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. Or you could say, what do you think? I don't know. Like, is that cool? What would, what would you say to your friends? Like, how would you say this? Right. So you can, again, get them chatting about it Um, and then make a game plan. Like, who would you tell? You can always tell me (laughs) if I wasn't available, who else could you tell? So kind of like, I think a lot of times with kids, like you just kind of have to break it down for them and spell it out, but then also give them a lot of ownership in talking about it, you know, and coming up with their own ideas. A question I have, I think as I chat with you, chat with you, (laughs) I, (laughs) 
you seem really comfortable talking about this. And what advice would you give to somebody who wants to talk with their kids about this in a comfortable way so that their child's comfortable, but they themselves aren't comfortable yet? So one thing I would say, well, I don't know if you have anything to say, but one thing I would say is like, start with an adult, right? So like, Mm -hmm. if you're married, talk to your spouse about it and say like, Hey, I'm so nervous about talking to our kids about this. Can we talk about it? And maybe ask them like, when was the first time that you were, you saw pornography? Me and Alex, we had very different. I was like in my twenties, the first time I encountered it. And I like had a full on panic, right? Alex was seven, right? And so how even that conversation brought out so much of our own experience and opinions. And again, it's just making us more comfortable talking about something that's like a little uncomfy. And then you can even practice, like say, can I practice what I would say? Or you could do it with a friend as well, right? And I think this is something that we, as we've been like doing this podcast and we've been, first of all, don't let us fool you. Like we're still so nervous to do this with our kids. And every time we have a big conversation with our kids, it's of course its own experience. But the more we bring up these kinds of conversations with friends, it's like, we're all just dying to talk about it. (laughs) Like, you know, like it's, it is hard and it's scary, but like, I think so many parents, it is on our minds and But it is, it's like a little bit like, yeah, you're at like dinner with friends and you're like, hey, like, have you ever thought about talking to your kids about porn? It feels like a weird thing to bring up, but people love to talk about it, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. I think kind of just to what you're saying, we always bring our own personal like history and experience into whatever it is we're chatting with our kids about. And sometimes there's certain things that maybe have their more emotionally laden and just pornography and sexually related things tend to have shame or other things associated with them. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, we're never going to do it perfectly. And when we're chatting with our kids, in some ways, we're kind of learning on the fly as we're doing it. And we should have like grace and leniency for ourselves to have the chat imperfectly, to have the chats um, mm-hmm. imperfectly. And at the same time, it is important for us to like figure out how to work through these things outside of the chat with our kids, which I think speaks to what you're saying, like that there's some maybe personal self-reflection or individual work to sort out like what is it exactly that I think about pornography in this case and how is it that I want to talk to my kids about it and like what kind of values do I want to instill and what do I want the interactions to look like what's anyway I think there's a lot of a lot of our own work that needs to be done like kind of in parallel or in preparation while at the same time being okay just be like a normal human and sometimes flounder when we try to have the chat I think that's so healthy to have that perspective and mindset about it. And it kind of made me think like, where am I at on my own journey with that? And like, what do I want my kids to know? And I think we kind of were talking about this earlier, how I don't want my kids to just learn from me that pornography is bad, but I want to teach them how to have healthy sexuality, like as a, as a whole, as a bigger picture, like this is just one tiny little piece of not just don't do this, but like, no, how do you have healthy sexuality? Like Mm -hmm. as an individual, I don't know. Yeah. And I love that you framed it like that. Like, I think that's such a healthy mindset of instead of saying like, how can I just like make sure my kids don't look at pornography? I love taking that step back and asking that bigger picture of like, how can I help my kids have a very healthy view of sexuality 
And like, what would that look like, you know, and how can I support them in that bigger picture? Because I think then (laughs) as you have that like bigger goal, I think it will help you more naturally and more comfortably engage in those tough conversations, right? Because it takes away a little bit of pressure. It's like, you don't have to get it all right at once. Like it's going to be a little bit at a time. Like when they're younger, when they're toddlers, we can start by teaching them the accurate names of their body parts, right? That's a small thing, but it's like, you know, there's no shame in your body, right? Like this is your body part, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, and all the other parts we're going to name them, right? We can start teaching them body safety, just, you know, small things like even our two-year-old, he knows that he doesn't have to hug someone and he's learned to make statements about like what he's comfortable with and what he's not comfortable with. Right. He'll even <laughs> so much so. say like, I set a boundary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like, and even that, like setting a boundary, right? Like that's a concept that like our two-year-old is like starting to grasp in his little two-year-old way. Uh, it's a really powerful tool for when he's seven and somebody wants to show him some pornography on their phone, right? He can say, I know how to set boundaries. I feel a little weird about this, right? So those like foundational skills when they're younger, we can start teaching them healthy sexuality. A really important part, and especially with pornography, is modeling healthy relationships and teaching them about love and intimacy in a very healthy and like whole way that pornography just certainly does not do right pornography is kind of a lie and so if we can start to teach that at like a very young age and model that and just help them have like a more whole view of sexuality then that can yeah it can lead into those difficult conversations and Alex mentioned this as well like we bring our baggage to these conversations with our kids because we have this whole lifetime of experience and shame and, you know, all these lessons and, oh my gosh, like, don't say the word porn because we know what it is and all these things. But if you're talking to your nine-year-old and they don't really have that much context or they've never heard the word porn, like they're just a kid who's learning something new from their parents. Like you have your baggage. And of course, kids might get a little like, oh, mom, like we don't need to talk about private parts or whatever of course like they're gonna maybe feel a little uncomfortable but they likely don't have that same experience and baggage towards these difficult topics as we do you know and so if we've been doing this and teaching them about like healthy sexuality from a young age it's just gonna be like oh this is the culture of our family okay what is it that we're gonna talk about you know probably not that easy but like you know what I mean it's just yeah comes more naturally You've already shared some really helpful examples of what it looks like to chat with your kids about pornography at different ages. Like, I love the examples of, you know, your two-year-old in the bathtub just talking about body parts or whatever it is. Can you go through kind of each stage and give some examples of what this could look like? And I'll acknowledge, I'm sure it will look different for everyone, every family and every child and stuff, but just what it could look like. Do you mind going through and doing that? For sure. Yeah. So we kind of just talked a little bit about like toddlers teaching their their body parts. And then a big thing is just like body safety. And we're really excited. We're like working on an episode right now on just like body safety and like that cool topic. Because again, like there's about 4 million different 
cats within, you know, this whole, like, yeah. this, this subject of pornography. Um, I'm looking is- forward to that one because I've gotten really comfortable with like talking about names of body parts in normal ways. And like, we're really good at that, but I'm like, okay, now we've swung too far where my son's like way too comfortable talking about all the names oh, of yeah. body parts. Okay. Like, okay. Now where is appropriate? Where's not appropriate? But, but, yeah. But yeah. That would be like the toddler age really focusing on like teaching them like consent to advocate for themselves, teaching them their private parts as they get a little bit older. We're going to teach them like our private parts or anything that's covered by a swimsuit. And you can, again, name those parts because you're already doing that. And then when we get to like school age kids, so many kids by age eight have already been exposed to this. So we want to before age eight (laughs) for Alex before age seven, right? Introduce just briefly, like the, the concept of pornography in an age appropriate way. So we can teach them the word pornography and let them know what this is. And we can just teach them, you know, it's pictures or videos or images of, you know, people who don't have their clothes on and they're, you know, you can kind of like, it shows private parts and we can talk a little bit about like maybe how they might feel when they see that. Kids might have questions again, let them leave. Like there's a million different questions. Their questions might be like, can we stop talking about this? Ew, I'm so uncomfortable. (laughs) And we can ask like, why, right? Or their questions might be like, why? Like, why would that exist? Why would anyone do that, right? Hmm. So you want to make sure you're like leaving them space to ask questions. And a really good book, sometimes I love books, like kind of going back earlier with your question of like, if you're feeling nervous, use a book. (laughs) Like a book helps so much. And a really good book is called good pictures bad pictures and I forgot to write the name of the author but and I can put it in the show notes too I'll link it in the show notes but that is like one example and I'm sure there are other great books out there there's so many like resources which is like such a a good thing but um that book just kind of goes through it defines what pornography is and then it kind of just, again, like we want to destigmatize like the shame, like we just want to normalize, like you may have some curiosity. These are the feelings you might have. And then we want to talk about a game plan. So what to do if we encounter pornography? Is there anything else you would say about like school age? Mm, I, I think definitely like practicing or role-playing mm-hmm. situations can become really um, effective and I, something I'd say maybe going back to the question of shame is that something developmentally that's important to consider is a couple things one is that young kids like toddlers and like preschool age kids their minds are basically set up to see things in black and white or like either or good and bad so in terms of avoiding shame or like how to teach these things like it's kind of useful to teach in the good and bad frame, actually, just because that's what mm-hmm. they'll understand with the knowledge, the understanding that like, we'll have to continue, like, that's why you chat with your kids, right? Like we'll have to continue uh-huh. the conversation as they continue to grow and develop so that they don't just only have that good or bad either or view of like pornography or really anything else. And the second thing is that there's quite a bit of research, developmental research that suggests that by the age of six, children have like the rudiments of moral reasoning. So like they're pretty capable to make moral judgments, not very sophisticated ones, but they have all the basic components that they'll need to make all the other sophisticated 
moral judgments later on, which is pretty cool. And I think for me, that kind of instills confidence that like having these conversations early really can help structure kids view of the world and help them think through things on their own and make decisions. Even if we can't give them like the full nuance of everything, we can still give them a pretty solid foundation that we can continue to build on mm-hmm. even from a very, very young age. So, mm-hmm. and then just obviously as they grow older, especially in the teenage years, like more nuance, more sophistication becomes mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. And with teenagers, I think, of course, every kid is different, but by the time they're like, in like middle school, high school, it honestly is going to be best to be like more open and direct, right? Just using the terminology, using just, you don't have to go into like graphic details, but you can like start to talk a little bit more and ask some of those harder questions. Like a lot of kids your age view pornography. And I'm curious, like, why do you think that is? And what's the draw to that? And just kind of help them think more deeply about it. And let, and I think just like letting them know that you're here as like a support for them and really digging into the why instead of not just like that, that's bad, don't do it. Because then it's like, yes. I'm kind of curious or if I have encountered that or if I am encountering that and maybe I am doing pornography and I don't really like it and I have some weird feelings about it, but I will never ask my parent for help because they've established themselves as someone who thinks it's like gross and blah, 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 blah. you know what I mean? So instead yes. it's like really keeping it an open dialogue, letting them kind of setting by example, letting them know, like you can talk about it. And it is something like let their questions guide. And then you also kind of want to bring up natural conversations whenever you can. And so you might pass a billboard and that's a great opportunity to just say like, Hey, this is an interesting thought idea. Like, do you think, it should be legal for a billboard to be like that on a road where children are like, you know, if like a teen, like mm. that's like an interesting debate you could even get into and like really yeah. like what your kid has to say about it. Or maybe you're like updating your software on your computers. Like, you know, there's bark or there's a lot of different programs that can help like filter that again. Like I wouldn't just rely on that and say like, Oh, it's okay. We have a filter. Like we don't need to talk about pornography. They're very helpful. It can be a good thing to have. And that's a great conversation starter. Like you might notice that we have a new filter on the computer and I just kind of want to talk about that with you. And, you know, why do you think we put that on the computer and in what ways is it helpful? In what ways is it annoying to you? Like, you know, cause sometimes yeah, yeah. Good and you can't like do your biology homework or, you know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, so like just finding those like little everyday ways to have those tiny little conversations, conversations, just like a principle at a time. Like if you needed help with this, what would you do? Um, Some parents may even be able to share an experience. Like I realized that this was a real, a problem for me. And um, I think a lot of times parents are afraid that if they disclose some of their like history or mistakes, it gives their kids permission. Like, oh, well, my mom or my dad, you know what I mean? And that's typically not the case. It's just a really good way to like connect and it's probably the opposite, right? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Does exactly. If you share, it probably helps them be more open and less likely to exactly. encounter those same mistakes. Yeah. So it like, yeah, that was kind of a little bit scattered, but <laughs> those are some like, no, those are really helpful examples of specific ages, specific what to talk about. And I really liked how you shared like 
okay, when do you have these conversations? You know, when you see a billboard, when you're chatting, making dinner, when you're doing things as a family. I think that was helpful hearing specific times of when. And it reminded me of something I learned when I was researching this topic. This was years ago, but this idea of when you see like magazine, when you're checking out the grocery store and it's really suggestive or something, it's really easy to want to you know, distract your kids so they don't see it or shy away from it. But that can be a really good opportunity to be like, how do you think that girl feels that her body is displayed like that? Or like, what do you think she likes to do? Like unobjectifying whoever is being portrayed that way. Anyways, I think that was just another example that came to my mind of how you can have these conversations. I love that. Yeah, I think that speaks to what you said earlier about having a positive approach goal because there's like a difference between like approach yeah. and avoidance goals and like both have their own merits but to just avoid something kind of leaves us vulnerable something about what's forbidden is interesting and exciting yeah <clears throat> and then it also like if all you have is a don't then there's not it's not really clear like what to do so um, yeah. a lot of, because so much attention has been brought to the thing to avoid that ends up being the thing to focus on actually ironically but in addition to having all the conversations about like pornography and what to do when you encounter it, whatever, having conversations like that, that help humanize other people or help our kids think about others that they have like their own life, their own like emotions, their own experiences, that these are real people is a way to develop like mental and social health, I think, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can help mm-hmm. protect and buffer some of the negative effects or like the temptation or interest for pornography yeah yeah and it made me think as you were talking like and I think you had said something about this earlier Marcy how sometimes your kids might be involved in pornography but they don't really want to be and they're wanting to get away from it but they don't know how and so understanding it's more than just what's on the surface it's like there's probably something deeper going on for why they are turning to pornography. And I think that's like a lot. I think, well, like your whole podcast and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like, honestly, I think a lot of the reasons that you kind of focus with like young moms, and I think a lot of the same reasons that young, young moms might go to scrolling on Instagram, it's kind of a different version of the same thing with like, yeah pornography right um yes I think that's like actually a a really important thing I think even just to have some empathy if maybe this is something that your child is experiencing that you because I'm addicted to my phone (laughs) I'm trying like but like I think it can like take a step back and be like oh yeah like I don't like this habit I have with my my phone I don't like it and yet I keep going back to it right yes I don't even like the way I feel after I do like a mindless scroll, but I'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> even like yeah. I'm right now, I'm like, again. And so I think that that can also like, yeah, so many of the reasons they're, they're similar, right. That you talk about on your yeah. show, but like it can be as simple as boredom, but it can also be like depression and loneliness. And it's a distraction for sure. Especially if you're a young kid and you're just like, you have all these like hormones and feeling like awkward and unlovable and, you know, 
overwhelmed and then you just have something that just takes your brain somewhere so far away from all those worries, right? And I think that sometimes, and this is actually something we talked about on our episode about drugs, but I think it's really similar of like, it's okay to like, <laughs> like, I don't want to say it's a benefit, right? Named like the benefits, right? Like why would someone yeah. need to talk about it so that you can, like Alex mentioned, talk about, but what could be like a better thing to yeah. get same that could fill that need that could be healthier for you because yeah. yes, it would be effective in distracting you, but then it's going to lead to some different consequences for you as a kid. Right. And well, and naming the, like the positive outcomes, cause there are some like other way, if there wasn't anything good or interesting about pornography, nobody would use it. The same with drugs, huh. right? but helping kids think through those pros, relative pros, right is actually, I think, one of the things that helps reduce the shame. It makes it, it neutralizes it, right? Because it's like, okay, just like Mm. with many other things, there are good things and bad things. Like we have maple syrup here on the table. We just ate pancakes (laughs) with our kids. Like maple syrup is freaking delicious. But if you just drink a bottle of maple syrup, like our four-year-old tried to do tonight, (laughs) you're going to get sick. Like it's not really good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, yeah, like with us, like we personally have the value, like I ideally for my kids to have healthy sexuality through adulthood like I think it would be healthier for them to like not have pornography a part of their lives and that's just kind of like our values and we have friends who who differ right but I think part of helping frame that is you know yeah like we can talk about like there is this element of sex in pornography and sex is a good thing right and that's part of that having it be part of this bigger Mm -hmm. conversation of healthy sexuality and that that can be a really important and fulfilling part of your life, but teaching them like healthier ways, you know, like in our family, our value would, that would be in like a loving, committed relationship that that can be a really like fulfilling and and important aspect of your life. But yeah, like, yeah, just naming that there is this element, right? Like, and I think like, yeah, like kind of like you were saying, like as a child, or maybe as a teen, however old you are, like if your parents approach the conversation with that perspective, wouldn't you feel so much safer and connected and willing to open up and actually make progress than just hide those things? And something else that just came to my mind, sometimes I get so caught up in this idea, especially I, you know, focus a lot on screens and I want my kids to have a healthy relationship with screens and media in general. And so I get focused on like, well, I don't want my kids to experience any of the negative parts. I just want them to have the positive experience that come from media and screens. But I was talking with my mom about this and she was kind of sharing some experiences that I had when I was younger and like her perspective and how they were actually really hard and negative but because of those negative experiences I had because of technology I was able to learn and grow and progress as a person and so I think it kind of can be the same with pornography where sometimes I get so stuck on like well I want my kids to have like the best experience with pornography but you know maybe they will be addicted pornography and they'll learn and grow and because of that I don't know you know what I mean like and as we chat with our kids about it and we have those ongoing open conversations it will be a growing experience instead of a destructive experience Mm -hmm. I love that do you both have any kind of final thoughts on 
this topic of how do you talk with your kids about pornography? I know that's like, we could talk about this all night. We could do several episodes on this, but any kind of last thoughts that you want to share? I think I would just, yeah, I just would say like, one, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I've already made so many mistakes (laughs) or whatever, like, oh, like I haven't taught my toddler the body parts or I've totally kind of shamed and you know like talked really in a shameful way about pornography and I don't think my kid would ever talk to me about that whatever it is like kids are so forgiving and I think you know if you feel like oh man I kind of have messed this up I think that's a great conversation starter to have especially if it's like an older kid you can say hey you know what I've been thinking about something and I don't love the way I've been talking about pornography and can I have a do-over? <laughs> can we like, mm. can I try again, right? And I think what a great model for your kids, right? That you can, you don't ever have to get anything right the first time that you can like ask for a do-over <laughs> that you can try and do better. So I think just like, this is a really tough conversation. I love how you were like, you guys are so confident talking about this. I'm like, I don't feel it, right? And like <laughs> when things come up, like, yeah, I mean, our kids are young and I still like panic in certain conversations or want to shield them from the magazine at the store, right? Like yeah, hard in the moment. And so I think I would just say like, just give yourself a lot of grace and like, you can always, you can always have a do over and that's fine. Mm. That's great life advice. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any last thoughts, Alex? No, I second that. I think just that principle like repairing is or helps form the foundation of like a good, strong connection because we're no matter what we're, we're human. We're always going to fall short in something, but it's, and our kids don't expect us to be perfect either, but it's in the process of repairing that we really like forge the bonds that will allow us to like have these chats into perpetuity. That's powerful. As we close, will you just end by reminding my listeners of your three-part chat with your kids model, and then you can tell them where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. So the chat with your kids model, you want to say it? Sure. Connect, <laughs> listen, and chat. And you can find us. Um, our podcast is just chat with your kids, and it's wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're also on Instagram. It's at chat with your kids. And our email is just chatwithyourkids at gmail.com. And there's nothing we love more than when parents reach out to us with like questions or comments. So please, yeah, if you have any like questions, we'd love for you to listen to the show and we'd love for you to yeah, follow up if you have any questions or comments or feedback. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was so enlightening for me. And I feel, I honestly feel more confident tomorrow how I'm going to talk with my kids about pornography with just that next next little step with where my kids are at so thank you I really appreciate your time well thank you as well this has been so fun I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values we are the first generation learning to navigate this media saturated society and it is not easy you don't have to be perfect But as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We're in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. 
If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today and I'll see you next week.